Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spit and Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Sawinski. And I am his friend. Hello, friend. Hi. Do you have a nickname by any chance? It's Bartek, but for my real name, it's Evil Boss Friend. Evil Boss Friend? Why are you an evil boss friend? Well, you see, Ryan, I, I was once born... Yeah. And then I grew, and yeah. then I graduated university with two degrees, and I'm optimistic for the future. Uh, don't, don't forget you were 29 going on 30. 29 going on 30. But now I'm, you know, I'm much older, much older, like 32 probably. <laughs> I, I joined a company, very optimistic, and I was trying to work my way up the ranks. But, you know, the boss at the time, he was a very mean guy. He kept pushing me back down the ladder. <sighs> so eventually I, I realized I've had enough. I ran up the building from the inside, obviously, of like course. the stairs, to the roof yeah. of the building, like the very top. And I said, I'm the boss now. You and then did, the boss I looked remember. up and he, he did this. He go, ooh, and stamped his foot twice and he had to leave. You know, that sounds exactly like the plot summary to Skyscraper with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I haven't seen the movie, but, uh, you know... Is that what we're doing? Because we're a movie podcast, right? We talk about the movies. Yeah, this is my hobby, not my job. That is, yeah. I'm not evil here. I'm He's good not here. evil here. He's a good boy here. Yeah. So, on this show, Unappreciated Masterpieces, for those who have not listened before, or those who just love to hear what the show's about, I'll tell you. Unappreciated Masterpieces, we do feature-length audio commentaries for movies that seemingly don't deserve them. And that's not to say that these movies aren't loved by people or or even hated by people, but they're, for the most part, forgotten. They're undervalued. They're unappreciated. And we take a look at these movies while we do the commentary, and we talk about the positive aspects of them. We will, of course, talk about some negative aspects, because, of course, there's always two sides to the coin, but we think mm. they're masterpieces in their own right, because a film is a piece of art. Someone had an idea. That person said sent that idea off to someone else who said, you know what, this might work. Let's produce this. Let's get a director. Let's get some actors. Let's get a scriptwriter. Let's get some lighting people. Let's get people. people. Let's get people. People were invested in these movies and this movie and the audience may not have been invested enough in them. Mm. I'm not saying that a movie that we cover on unappreciated masterpieces aren't loved by people, but usually they're not. They're usually Mm. just like, oh, that movie, or even movies that people haven't heard of before. And we like to say, hey, hear about it now. Hear about it from us, and maybe you'll go watch it. You know, give the people who made this movie some money. Yeah, And naturally, because they're unappreciated and forgotten, that means that they're all, like, old films. That Like, they're not recent films, right? No, sometimes we do recent, hard-hitting films. Sometimes we do films that come out the year of. You know, we wait till they're release onto home video, you know, maybe give them a little chance to pick up some uh, audience there, because let's not forget, some of the best movies failed at the box office at the cinemas and got a life on home video, you know, Austin Powers. That's an example of a movie that failed in the cinemas, but became a classic on, on video later. So sometimes we do movies that came out recently. Bartek, we're spit and polish. Mm-hmm. Why are we called that? Oh, hang on, it's time. <clears throat> um, It's because we are always spitting at certain times, as mm-hmm. I've d- demonstrated, and we are... Oh, it's time. And we're both Polish. That's right. We are both Polish gentlemen. And 
we are doing our show on Appreciate Masterpieces. Now, Bartek, what is the film that we will be covering on this episode? Ryan, despite my assumption that only old films can be unappreciated masterpieces, mm. this one's not old. Oh, isn't it? No, 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 no. This... Oh, so we are doing Skyscraper with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It's still in cinemas as we recall this episode. Great. Oh, okay. I was wondering what year that was from, but I guess it's 2018. <laughs> oh, it's the movie that asked, um, can the director of the movie where, where The Rock is at a helicopter versing an earthquake... San Andreas? Yeah. It asks, can that director direct Dwayne The Rock Johnson in a movie in which he verses a building? I feel like it's a very, very challenging movie. I will agree. I feel like an earthquake would be harder to verse. Oh, uh, but but oh oh oh, Bartek, the the rock only has one leg, in skyscraper, so it's harder because he's disabled. Okay, okay, so yeah, handicaps. See? Yep, handicaps, literal. That's fair. So enough. so is it? And he's but he's still the rock. So the next movie he's going to verse a baby, but he's going to have very few limbs. Well, remember this skyscraper came out this year, the same year that asked the question: Can Dwayne the Rock Johnson be a zoologist that verses giant animals? What handicap? Oh, no handicap. <laughs> no. Oh, well, of course then. Oh, he can do sign language though. To communicate with the animals. Okay, so if he gets handicapped, then he can. <laughs> he goes. If he goes. Function. If he goes deaf, he can do the. Yeah, and this is also. Let's not forget, Dwayne the Rock Johnson is such a superstar. Last year, he did the Jumanji movie that did did ask the question: Can Dwayne the Rock Johnson be a video game character? Which Doom asked as well. Mm. But um, we've already covered Doom. So Bartek, what is the movie? Well, it's not skyscraper because if it was, I'd know what it was. Oh, okay. In this not playing coy. No, no, that's. What, but I was before about the whole two thousand. Man, old I can't films. wait for him to say the movie's title, and then I press play on the movie, and it's skyscraper. Just the look on Bartek's face will be worth like the oh, audio great. commentary. This is going to be an episode where I haven't seen the film. Excellent. So Bartek, hit us with that glorious title. Porvane. What? Sorry. Porvane. No, we're doing a podcast. No, the title of the film is Porvane. 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 Oh, there's a G in there. No. You just had a G sound. P-O-R, por, por, W, which is a V in Polish, A-N-Y, Vane. Por, oh, Polish. Vane. You're speaking Polish. Well, yeah, because we've been Polish presents. Oh, that's the awkward thing, Bartek. Although I am Polish, I do not speak other language. Some might argue I don't even speak English very well, but um, those are mean people. So, what about you, Polish, if you don't speak the language? Oh, heritage. Oh, there are people like that, yeah. Yeah, they're called me. Yeah. The me people. So, Bartek, say the English title for me so I know what movie we're watching. The English title, the Angelski title, okay, is... Okay, showing off now. Well, I'm Polish, so... Well, I mean, Shut heritage up. and I can speak the language. Bi- so. Bilingual, so he's showing off. No, I'm not, I'm not bilingual, I'm heterolingual. <laughs> That's a joke, guys. <laughs> Porwane is the Polish word for kidnap. <laughs> yeah, I kind of made that sound like two words. Kidnap. <laughs> Are we watching the movie Kidnap? In which it kidnaps for the whole movie? It's it's inspired by bedtime stories. Oh my god, I would love a sequel to bedtime stories in which Halle Berry's in a car the whole entire movie, driving around in Adam Sandler's dreams. So, kidnap, some people may go, 
that's a movie that I haven't heard of. And, you know, that's unfortunate because this film was filmed in 2014 and was released last year. Yeah. You know, it got pushed back several times, but it finally got released and it's a film with Halle Berry. Now, the thing is, you guys have to do a little bit of legwork for this podcast because I imagine you're going to have to get yourself a legal copy of the movie if you don't already have one. It's on Netflix. It's on the Netflix. Which I didn't check till after I watched the film. So oh, you dumb dumb. Yeah. I watched I checked, it on I there, every... and it was. I watched it on there, and it said it was a Netflix original, which it isn't. Yeah, that's what my brother told me. It isn't. So there you go. Doesn't I... Netflix original just mean that it's like that's the only streaming service it's on? I because there are because bu- there are a bunch of things on there with Netflix original. I'm like, they didn't make this. Netflix. Tell us the answer. So get your copy of the film Kidnap with Halle Berry from 2017 ready, because I'm going to do a countdown from uh, three. And I'm going to say play, and you're going to press play at the same time, and we're going to hopefully be synced up as we watch the film together and we talk about it. So I'm going to start this in three, two, one, play. So, Bartek, the film Kidnap is three seconds in, four seconds in, five seconds in. Um, the film Kidnap... Had you heard of it before? No, I had not. When you told me what it was, I read that. You said, like, oh, Kidnap 2017. I said, okay. And then I think you told me, like, a day or two before I watched it. And throughout those two days, I'm like, what was the film called again? Yeah. Took me a while. I actually had to look it up again. So why hadn't you have heard of it? It came out last year. Yeah, well, I know that it's an independent film, so I can't imagine it was advertised too heavily, so... What, you didn't see it on all the buses and trains and trams No, well, I was was inside those, so I couldn't Oh, that's weird, because then you'd see the mirrored version of it, and you're like, what's... Pad Nick Dick. What's what's Pad Dick? (laughs) (laughs) That's not how it works. Pan... Dick. Pandic. Pandic. What's Pandic? Is that the pandemic? Se- is that the sequel to Pan? In which he gets a dick? <laughs> oh, he finally gets laid. Fuck, that's what I've been wanting from the With Peter nibs. Pan universe. So you had not seen it or heard of it before me suggesting it. No, no, I had that's not. That's so unfortunate because I had not seen it before I suggested it. But I had heard of it. Well, you picked it for the show, and I'm curious to know what sort of history that could entail. Well, there's a movie that I also want to do for the show mm-hmm. as well with Halle Berry called The Call. And mm-hmm. The Call is kind of like the mirrored version of this movie. And the reason we haven't done The Call yet, one of the reasons is I sometimes grapple with the challenge of knowing whether or not this would be an unappreciated masterpiece because The Call does have a bit of a following of as a movie. Mm. The idea of The Call is she's a 911 operator on the phone with someone as they're being kidnapped or hurt. While the opposite is in this movie where she's the one who's after some her, her own kid being kidnapped and she can't contact 911. She's the person on the opposite end on a level in this movie. And I had heard the idea of this being like, could this be the new Cole? Because the Cole took a little while to get some appreciation. It has a fairly decent-ish rating. It has like a, uh, like a 6.8 or 9 on IMDb. That's fairly Okay, yeah, that's decent. almost our cutoff. Cutoff? You know, we always break the cutoff sometimes. We've done movies that are over seven. Uh, okay, I haven't Bend it like Beckham. 
Uh, yeah, that's uh, cool. You know, a few, one or two others, I'm pretty sure. But, uh, you know, I said to myself, wow, maybe we should be the guys, the podcasters, that gets the ball rolling on the cult status or just the popularity or appreciation of Kidnap. Because, you know, the call got its start eventually and it rolled into being a, a a somewhat appreciated underground you know forgotten movie and that's why i haven't done it yet on the show but i think we will do it eventually but mm-hmm. i thought let's go with the other one that came out only last year maybe we can strike while the iron's still hottish hmm. so that's the rationale behind it and i had heard of it because you know i like to follow or reviews and uh, movie news stuff of recent stuff to know whether or not I should see it, and sometimes whether or not these will be movies that we will cover on the show in the future. Yeah. And this was one that just screamed out, we're going to cover this on the show. And for this episode, it's just you and myself, and uh, I thought, why not just do a movie that's very, very straightforward and to the point? Because the idea of this movie is Halle Berry has a kid. Yeah. And he gets kidnapped. He never Here's naps, the title, but, yeah. Kidnap. Uh, and he never napped. Not that we know of. I mean, the baby montage that we just finished, there was some napping. The baby montage that went for like three minutes, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, he, the idea is very simple. She's a mother who's, you know, separated from the father. She's trying to get custody of the kid, Uh the dad it, wait, gets... is she? I thought they were sharing the custody. Yeah, but then I guess... Yeah, she is, but I guess at the start of this movie, she finds out that he gets full custody. Yeah. Which means that she will want the custody of the kid, because it's kind of like... It's one of these things where it's like, she finds out this dire news of the custody is being taken away from her, but that's the exact moment that she finds out that her kid's been kidnapped. Yeah, so it's like introducing a conflict and then sort of red herring it. Now, I did not look up the actors that were involved in this film, unfortunately. Yeah. But I, I legit, and I know it isn't, but I legit thought that that was Tara Reed as this woman, mm. the blonde woman. I only know Tara Reed from the Sharknado movies on the first American Pie. Has she, hasn't she been on the show before? Has she? She has, actually. I think in a very early episode, maybe. Yes. Tara, sorry, you have been on the show before. I can't remember she what film. She was something great. I'm pretty sure it was within the first couple of episodes. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry, Tara. I'm just mind-blanking. If it is something we've done on the show... Would I'm it be so... Just Visiting? I don't know. Probably Just Visiting. That was Christina Applegate, but she might have been in there. But uh, Tara Reed, I thought it was her for some reason. And I, I didn't mm. look it up, and I know it isn't. Well, when because I went they on... would have mentioned it. But she has a very... You know, I reckon she could play a Tara Reed in a movie about Tara Reed. Well, when I looked up... This film on IMDb, all the cast lists, I only recognised Halle Berry. Yeah. Oh, uh, let's talk about that. Halle Berry. Mm. Um, what do you know her from, and are you a fan? Yeah, this was one actress who I very obviously know, but then I questioned myself, like, what have I seen her in? And I looked up her IMDb. Um, I knew that she was in, like, uh, Catwoman and Die yeah. Another Day. I had yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen Catwoman. I know I have seen Die Another Day on DVD once, but didn't remember too much of it. Yeah. Um. Then I remembered. Oh yeah, she was in some of the X Men films as Storm. Yes, she's in the X Men movies as Storm. Um. That's what I know her mainly from as well. I mean, I grew up on those X Men movies. I've seen a few of them. Did you not grow up on them? 
No, no, I didn't. I I I remember very vividly seeing X Men One in the cinema. I've seen because I was young and I was like, oh my god, it's 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 Captain Picard. That's I remember thinking that it's like as yeah. as Professor X, like people were like, oh my god, Professor X, I'm like it's Captain Picard on the big screen. Yeah. I'm not sure if I've seen the full first film. I've definitely seen two, three, and the prequel one. Wow, you you've first class, seen one good movie out of the X Men so far. Two. That's X Men Two. Just for the fact that um, Nightcrawler is in it and everything else is also great. Oh, and I've seen the one where Wolverine goes to Japan. Oh, the Wolverine. Yeah. Oh, uh, good. That's a, that's a decent movie. Yeah, it's, I it's, it. it's fun. Yeah. As is this movie. I like that film, but I thought that the villain being like a poison ivy was a bit random. <laughs> a poison ivy, yeah. I like um, in X Men One, Halle Berry puts on an African accent for the character of Storm because Storm is from Africa. Mm. But then in the other movies, she doesn't do that. She just has a normal voice because apparently it was a lot of effort to put on the accent. And I think that's the problem with a lot of people. Halle Berry is an Oscar-winning actress for Monsters Ball. She's uh, I've known her from other movies, of course, like a. a you know, uh, the coal and and swordfish, which I would we will do on the show one day. Cause swordfish dares to ask the question: Can we have Halle Berry, John Travolta, and Hugh Jackman in one movie in which you are supposed to believe they are hackers? Uh, and the answer is yes, yes, and double yes. Mm. So, um, but that movie is infamous for another reason. Uh, one of the things that Halle Berry is obviously iconic for is her looks. She is a very attractive woman. Mm -hmm. She is uh, one of, you know, often touted as one of the most beautiful actresses. Swordfish is iconic for the fact that she does uh, a topless scene in it. And she asked for uh, uh, like half a million dollars just to do that scene. Like, Like it was a big thing at the time, you know, early 2000s. It's like... For one nude topless scene for like two seconds, she got like paid half a million dollars. Mm. So she's very iconic for her stunning looks, which I mean, she, she still does have. She is a Bond girl. So. She was a Bond girl. Yeah. Yes, of course. That that attributes to things. Yes, her being a Bond girl, an Oscar-winning actress, an X-Men, an X-woman, an X-man. I don't know what they... I think she was always a woman, so... Well, you don't know. You, know. you haven't watched the first X-Men, so... Uh, well, I've... You don't have full recollection. All I remember is, I think, Hugh Jackman at uh, Wolverine and Rogue sitting in a car. Is that her name, Rogue? Rogue. Yeah. I think that, I think all I remember is them sitting Hugh in a car. Hugh Jackman as Wolverine and Rogue yeah. sitting in a car. That's all I remember. That's the beginning of the movie when they're in the truck. Oh, then re- uh, primacy effect. Exactly. I remember that movie very vividly because it opens up with Magneto being dragged out away from his mum in the concentration camp and he uses his magnetic powers to bend the fence. Very visual, striking striking visual imagery for a young child to see and it sticks with you. But this is an X-Men, which I think the first X-Men is very underrated. Uh, everyone praises X-Men too, but I think X-Men, the first one, has a lot of stuff going on that superhero movies wouldn't have if it wasn't that for the first X-Men movie. I mean, Hugh Jackman actually had razor claws. Those were actual metal razor, like razor-sharp claws, and he stabbed the stunt woman in the arm with them because she didn't move her arm when she was supposed to. Pretty awesome. Uh, but speaking of an X-Men actress in a car... <sighs> kidnap yeah 
Halle Berry shows us something very incredible in this yeah. movie, which is she can drive a minivan like no one else can. <laughs> I do not know how to drive, but if I did want to learn how, I want to learn how to drive a minivan because I did not know until this movie existed how deadly minivans can be if they're used as weapons. Because she uses this minivan as a weapon throughout the movie, and it's great. Well, it follows the general of big car, big damage. Big car, big damage, but it's also big car with lots of stuff in it. You know, mm. cars with seats and seat belts and sliding doors and and automatic and slight, you know, electronic windows and all that. And I did not know how much I wanted to see a movie about a mum in a minivan. Chasing kidnappers, because that's yeah. the whole movie. The whole movie is Halle Berry in a car, driving around. And then there's sometimes when she gets out of the car, and those moments are great, when yeah, she gets yeah. out of the car. On the IMDb page for this movie, there's a bunch of videos there. Some of them, like, trailers, some of them clips. One of them's a Halle Berry interview. Oh, my God. Um, she would have been so proud to be in this. Yeah, it was a bit of a weird interview, because, like, you didn't hear the interview on it. would like... Fade, uh, it would like cut to black and then cut back into her answering a question you didn't hear. Yeah, those classic ones. Yeah, um, and she started off the interview by saying like, oh, you know, in this film I play the average woman. She you know, is. Like she, she works at a diner. Yeah, the average woman because like, you know, there's nothing that special about her. She's just a mum and her love for her child pushes her to do increasingly brave things. Exactly. That's so true, Hallie. Yep. And she also mentions that she really enjoyed working with the two kidnappers. And then she said, quote, they were the perfect kidnappers. They are, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Because, look, the movie sets up a few elements for you. You know, she's a single... Well, she's a separated mother. The husband is with a new woman... We don't see the husband or the other woman. We don't see anyone, really. Mm. It's just the kid and Halle Berry. And they set up a few elements. Like, at the moment, she's on a park bench watching the kid. And they set up this nice little little red herring, I guess, of the guy sitting next to her. And he's, you know, he's just the right amount of off. But, like, off in the way where it doesn't actually mean anything. Like, he's just a guy who's just chatting with her briefly on the bench. And you think maybe, oh, is he the kidnapper? Yeah, and the way the scene ends, it's like nothing really comes of him. So, and you know what? Early, before we started recording this, um, I made a, I told you a little bit about me watching the film that, like, when I'd started it, I forgot the title. And then you said, oh, the, the showing the title in the film didn't tip you off. Yeah. And that got me thinking that, the reason I didn't think that is not all films show you the title, mm. but I think it's really, really damn good that this film does show you the title because seeing that title tells you, oh, so this film's going to have a kidnapping. It's not going to be a situation where you walk in blind not knowing the title. So mm. you're going to have this idea in your head that a kidnapping is going to happen. You see that it's focusing on a kid. You're thinking, obviously, this kid is going to be kidnapped. kidnapped. What's going to be the circumstances around it? And you having that foreknowledge, every character you meet in, like, the diner and the guy on the bench gives you this idea of, like, these They're are suspects. Gonna, yeah, these are people that are going to be involved somehow. Which is which that will probably explain why that guy seemed a little bit off. Off, because yeah. you have this kind of um, sense already instilled in you because of the name gives you the yeah. idea of the movie. You're, in a good way, paranoid. 
Yeah, ki- yeah, for those who are a little slow, kidnap isn't a metaphor in this movie. <laughs> it's it's just what it is. Uh, yeah, kidnap, and I we were talking before the episode, kidnap, what an interesting title. Yeah. It's not kidnapped. Yeah, it's not past tense. Or kidnapping. Yeah, it's future tense. Or kidnaps. Yeah. It's kidnap. Kidnaps would be pretty funny. <laughs> Present tense. <laughs> but it would work. Yeah, yeah. Think about it. That would actually really work for this movie because it is present. He's being, you know, he, he, they kid, yeah, they would, all of those titles would work, but they took the bold approach of saying kidnap. Yeah. Just kidnap, which is, yeah, future tense. It's just, it's yeah. so interesting of a choice. Yeah, the immediate thing that I brought up was, yeah, it wasn't like a taken thing. Mmm, exactly. And she does not necessarily have a certain set of skills. Like, she's not a former CIA. She is, like Hallie said in that interview, just an average person who, 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 grows with the situation it's Mm. pretty incredible yeah or at least acts on instincts that she wouldn't have had otherwise um but yeah that that title like taken obviously the conflict is someone has been taken but the the future tense thing gives you this idea of okay this beginning is important the part before the kidnapping so maybe that will like build upon your paranoia of like oh who could be you know the the kidnapper because it's someone we've met Yes, exactly. And I should mention for those at home, um, this copy of the movie is the 95-minute cut of the movie. Oh, yeah, there was there are two cuts. The one that was theatrically released was 82 minutes. And I would love to... Mm. I, I saw the 97 one then, yeah. Yeah. Because I remember it was like a hour and 37 minutes or something. Yeah, like an hour and 35 or something, yeah. This is the a. This is that long, not the eighty-two minute one, and it does raise questions. Um, what was in the eighty-two minute one? Because or rather, what wasn't? What yeah. wasn't? Because I honestly, this is one of the times in which I say this, and I haven't said this in a while about a movie, but this movie is just perfect in structure because it's very lean and to the point. It knows exactly what it's going for, and I honestly can't think of what moments they could cut out of this movie to make it like 12 minutes less i can't think of what what you could do i could think of little like mini seconds half seconds of like like some shots of driving or some shots of driving or some bits at the diner but not enough to add up to 12 whole minutes i can't i can't see i can't see much dialogue being cut or poignant moments like what do you cut the whole scene of her at the police station no that wouldn't make sense or would you well i don't know what they would have cut but i think that the 95 minute cut is perfect length. It has everything that you need. It has some interesting things in there that throws the pacing in an interesting direction because, you, you know, this movie isn't just fast-paced non-stop. It's not Mad Max Fury Road. It's not just one car chase. And then they do have little moments where she gets out of the car. She She does tactics to get people to help her because, of course... I've discussed this on the movie on this show before. Certain movies and TV shows would go much differently if they had mobile phones. Yeah. 
because we've covered shows, movies that you know in the that are from the nineties or eighties, in which mobile phones weren't owned by everyone or anyone. Not everyone had the brick phones. Exactly. So we live in an age now in which everyone has a smartphone, and they've developed to the points where the batteries, uh, you know, drain much faster. Exactly. So this what if this was a mid two thousands film? Yeah. This movie has to work around that issue of wouldn't everyone have a phone? But it really doesn't need to work around wouldn't everyone. It's wouldn't she have a phone? Because as you see in the scene here... She doesn't have time to get like backup or anything. Yeah. She doesn't have time. But also, look, this person drives away. And that's, that's, that's very important because you could go, couldn't she just get someone else's phone or get someone to phone the police? Not if they don't have context, and no one in this movie has context for what's going on with her, because mm. they, you're, think about it, you're in your car, just waiting for the red light to go green, and then this crazy woman's shouting at you, and then you drive, you would drive off. On the freeway too, yeah. On the freeway, highway, so, yeah. so you understand why no one else is going to phone the police for her. And on top of, like, you know, showing that brilliant idea of, yeah, everyone has mobile phones and it's convenient, but if you drop it and don't notice, mm-hmm. on top of the battery being out, you're screwed. And also, when I was watching the film, I didn't necessarily know that she would be on their tail, like, the whole way. Oh, yeah. I thought it was just going to do, like, a typical movie thing of chase as much as you can, but ultimately they get away. And then she has to work with the police, right? Yeah, but no, they went through with the whole... She's on them the of, whole movie, yeah. pretty much, yeah. So there is never really any time for her until, like, the one point where she really kind of does lose him. And then is, they go to... So she does. Which is to, the better part of an hour away, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, and it's when she goes to the police station later. Yeah, it's... a great scene. Yeah. I thought it was very great. I thought what was interesting, too, was, you know, she drops the phone when running in the car park, and that would happen. And she forgets the phone, doesn't see the phone. But you know what would have been interesting? Earlier, she's on the phone to her attorney. Mm-hmm. And she hangs up the phone by throwing the phone on the ground. Anyway, like, she's like, I'm done with this and just throws it. That could have been enough to say the phone's broken. Mm. But they made sure to not play it too dumb like yeah, that. Yeah, I was like, going to say, that would be pretty stupid of her. You know, like, it would be like, oh, that's kind of like, you did that yourself. It could have been a little bit too much problem. too much thick butter on the toast there. It wasn't like, an accident like the film actually has. Yeah, the film, when she does drop the phone behind her, when she's sprinting in, in this crazed state, you understand why. Now, mm. can we talk about this moment here? Yeah. The best editing of the movie, in which it takes, a, I think, a video game-esque approach to things, where it has this weird fade-to-black effect. Yeah, yeah. With the random cuts and her screaming, and it's just fade-to-black, and then, you know, the sound kind of swooshes out, and now it's she's back on their tail. I think that is really artistic and it well done. Stands out for sure. You know, I it's memorable. I remember that. It gives you the sense of dysphoria. It made me feel of a, like a video game would do that. It kind of feels like a trailer thing, too. A trailer thing as well. But, but I feel like a, like a, a video game cutscene could do that as well. Like, I, it made me feel something that I wouldn't... Because, you know, what would it... You know, it's the only time it does that in the movie as well. I think it's good. Because could you imagine if they didn't do that? It would just be her in a series of shot of her doing like reverse U-turn and then back on it. And that would be boring. And you, to bring it back to Taken, I remember, the only one I've seen is Taken 2. And I saw it in the cinema. <laughs> and 
during the driving scenes and that, there were just so many rapid cuts mm. that I couldn't tell what was going on. But with the fade in, oh, sorry, fade to black, it kind of lingers on the shot just a bit more. So yeah. you don't feel lost. Exactly. I thought it was particularly good that they went there. I've never seen a Taken movie, unfortunately. Uh, I know about Taken 3. Uh, in which um, it has that shot of Liam Neeson jumping over a, a fence, a singular like it's supposed to be just a sequence of him jumping over a fence, but it's eighteen cuts. <laughs> you <laughs> okay. haven't seen that? No, I haven't. Oh I don't my know much God. about Taken Three. To Threeken, <laughs> because they use the three in there. That's the best. Uh yeah, like Scroforum. Yeah, Scroforum's uh, the one that I think of. Or fan four stick uh, <laughs> oh this moment here it felt like such a final destination moment you know those final destination movies where yeah. they have a singular thing fuck up look if this movie if someone said this movie took place in the same universe as final destination i'd believe it because maybe someone in that car was in the final destination movie and the tire comes from some i would love that you know, you could actually make it a Final Destination universe if you did that logic of having another movie be the thing that kills the person. Because, you know, that's the idea of the Final Destination movies. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the, you know, the Rube Goldberg machine of death, pretty much. Is that the one where when you kill someone, you inherit the rest of their lifespan or something? <sighs> no. I don't okay. remember. I, I Maybe. I can't remember that aspect. I remember it's basically... You know, you're going to die through some stupid accident or something. Yeah. All, all I know is that there was some horror film where, like, you kill someone, you take their lifespan. And I remember they talked about it on midnight screenings. They're like, oh, we'll just kill babies then or something. <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. Kill babies. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was, um, this film had a lot going for it. And I don't understand why it's unappreciated. I think maybe sexism. Maybe some people would think it's, you know, too slow-paced for them. Slow? Slow-paced yeah. sexism, you know? I think someone saw this and went, an action movie, an action thriller movie with just a single woman in it? Uh, not for me. They'll be watching this film and be like, huh, is this whole film just going to be Halle Berry driving and making faces and freaking out? And then they watch and they're like, oh my god, my joke was correct. That means this film's bad because I predicted it. But also, it's still a good movie. You know, like, I just, I love the scene in which he just, like, points to her to drive elsewhere, then uses knife. I was watching this, and... Well, knives are pointy, so you point. <laughs> now, I don't know how you were with this, but this movie did what this movie sets out to do, which is to engage the audience, because I was so engaged with this. I was screaming at, I was yelling at the screen, RAM INTO HIS ARM! That's what I was saying. I was like, RAM INTO HIS ARM AND BREAK IT. Like, if he's, he's pointing the knife, just just drive into his arm. He won't have a knife no more. That's what I was saying to myself. There is a point where she develops that sense of like, oh, you're trying to threaten me again, RAM. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you do understand why she doesn't RAM, to begin with, because yeah. the kid's in the car. Yeah. She doesn't want to hurt her kid. But there does come a point in which, you know, bloodlust does set in. Yeah, well, as she said in her interview, I, I can't remember the exact phrasing, but she does, you know, become 
almost like anti-hero-esque to the with the degrees that she goes to. yeah she becomes the punisher basically yeah mm. <laughs> but how engaged were you with the movie were you saying things to the movie were you were you like yeah do that were you cheering were you scared not out loud but i was definitely engaged with the film and there were points very late in where i'm like you've gone through so much shit just you know i'm okay with you killing Oh yeah, that's one of the things too. You, some people might have been turned off by this movie because murder does happen eventually. People, she does get to the point of attacking and or killing the the kidnappers, but in her defense, they're always self defense kills. They're never like I kill you out of sheer pre like bloodlust yeah, like every time she kills someone it's in self-defense yeah it's never like excessive like she doesn't shoot the dead body to get rid of all her rage or anything like yeah that. yeah exactly because that's like a sign of like oh well it clearly wasn't self-defense exactly it's always self-defense with her now Bartek, you thought this movie might be a bit more traditional you thought it might have her lose them and then get the police involved i did all of that I did not. I kind of knew that this movie was going to be a car chase, the whole movie, but I... The, the long shots kind of clued me in on that. I thought the movie was going to be a bit more traditional in the fact that the kidnappers would be related to something that we've already seen before, like mm. we were talking about before. Like, you yeah, get a like, sense of, is this guy on the bench one of them? Is someone in the diner? Is maybe there it's, foreshadowing here is basically it, Maybe the is, the, is this related to the husband? But... It isn't, is it? No, we find out later on that if the movie was meant to evoke those feelings, they were red herrings. Exactly, because the kidnappers are just... They're two members of an international child trafficking ring that has not been foreshadowed at all. No, they're just um, they're just two rednecks who kidnap children and sell them for a hundred grand. Yeah. And I think that's great. Because, you know, there's someone out there listening to this that goes, oh, well, you know, Bartek just said it's not set up and, 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 you know, you want them to be related to your character in some way. Yeah. But that's traditional movie telling. That's Hollywood for you. We yeah. don't need... This like, is an independent film. It's not Hollywood. Really. I was watching it saying to myself, when are, when's the shoe going to drop? When are they going to release the information that... Really, this has all been organized, and this is related to something, and it never happens. And I was a little bit frustrated, but then I realized, why? Why am I frustrated? There is no reason. And I realized, not every movie, not every story has to have this grandiose, everything's connected, there's always a sinister intent. Sometimes, just like life, it's random. It's, mm. it's these people just saw an opportunity and took a kid. And it made me realize, you know, movies back in the day, that was the story. They, they could have something simple like that. It doesn't have to be this villain's connected to the hero in these ways. It can just be they fucked with the wrong person and that's it. Hmm. Isn't that great? I mean, we are talking about the movie Skyscraper a little earlier. People have condemned that movie for being a ripoff of Die Hard. Die Hard, they're just people who fuck with the, you know, who fuck up. They don't have a connection to John McClane. They're not like people he's been investigating or something. They're just people who happen to just cross his path at the wrong time. That's this movie. Yeah. They just 
fucked with the wrong mum. And I like the fact that they don't have any weapons other than a knife. Like, they weren't prepared for They this. later bring in a shotgun. But, but that, yeah. that works because later in the movie... It's after they she go, loses them. They yeah, lose her. And they go back to the house and come back. Yeah. But throughout this whole... I do like the fact that they've got this shitty car. The, the They really haven't... I think just this is the first time that they've ever been... Oh, evidently, yeah. Ever been tracked, ever been in trouble with yeah, later, a parent. Later you know? on, uh, you find out one. Of, there are two kidnappers, a man and a woman. They're a couple. Later yeah. on, the woman is on the phone with someone and she's yelling on the phone about how, like, oh, this fucking mum keeps chasing us. And it's, it's very evident that this has never happened before. Like, she, this is the most persistent chase I've ever been in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, maybe they've been chased or had to deal with this in a way before but not to this extent because i think there's a scene later in which um, the kidnappers uh kind of have a negotiation with her kind of they don't say anything and she kind of agrees the Halle Berry character kind of agrees to do certain things for them like drive with one of the criminals the kidnappers and mm. the kidnapper and the, the other kidnapper kind of have this, I guess, system where they drive through this tunnel. And yeah, then this is the scene where the standoff happens. Yeah, where, oh, yeah. And you ask yourself the question, where are the police during all of this? Well, some time early in the movie, she did get the police's attention by causing this traffic mayhem. But they pulled over the wrong mini- red minivan and that person got arrested. I, I did like that touch of like, yeah, she has to do a lot of desperate rule-breaking things, but that does obviously get the attention yes. of the police. It's not like they're dumb and, like, that's a plot hole that reviewers would be like, how did the police not... How did no one report this stuff? How did they not clue into it? Exactly. But then... And obviously, it, Here we this are. isn't happening because they've been clued in. She was indicating, like, acting crazy so they get their attention. Exactly. But, yeah, later on, it becomes, like, a known thing. Mm, I did like this little sequence here, which she tried to get the policeman to help her, and he's not fully understanding what's going on, and he's just like, pull over, and I like that you see this, their car, you know, it's very well done, their car's pulling over to the other side, and you're thinking, okay, what's going to go on here, maybe they're letting the cop take care of her, but then, bam, they actually just like, nah, fuck this. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that, it was good. And I said to myself, again, I was very engaged with the movie. I was talking to the movie out loud. I said, Hallie, roll down your windows so we can get in. Like the policeman. Like he could, you know, if she rolled down her electronic windows, he could get in the car. Yeah. But instead he dies. Or at least I assume he dies because he gets... But this is a universe in which people later on... A specific woman gets fucking decimated by a car, but then it's like, oh, my knee hurts. So yeah, she was this very is a alive. universe in which people don't get killed by collisions. Yeah, but the way the movie treats this incident, the cop has died, but there's every possibility that he's just passed out. Maybe there's a, like a deleted scene in which it's like him going, ow. Deleted scene where he gets him's like, boy, that was a big pickle and... Your sitcom laughter. Oh boy! And then, and then, and then, then the font comes up. Police Academy Seven. <laughs> <laughs> this was my favorite scene in the movie. If I'm honest with you, it was a tense scene. Yeah. It's tense and funny. 
to me because it, it is this awkwardness in the air of they're not saying anything and they're like dumb and really scary at the same time. It's like he runs at her. It's like, of course he's going to get in her car and try and run you over. You do get a sense of what this guy is like, even though he doesn't speak for like another almost hour. I was surprised that, you know, we did see what he looked like 30 minutes in and then just like, well, who's this then? You did kind of see the back of him when they were putting the kid in the car, but... Yeah, but it was a bit vague. Well, I didn't... I, to be honest, I didn't know that until... I didn't notice that. I, I knew that, oh, a woman's kidnapped the kid because it was the woman putting the kid in the car. He was in the car already as the driver. Uh, well, they both kind of have longish hair, so I guess... Yeah, it was the woman, and it makes sense because on the we later learn, walkie-talkie... We later that, learned that a woman was the one that took the kid off the seat. Yeah, so I thought, oh, a woman's kidnapped, and I said, oh, it's the new mum figure that the husband's dating. That's what I said to myself. Like, that or it's All that right. bitchy Tara Reed woman from the diner. I honestly <laughs> was like, is Tara Reed woman the one doing this? I, I guess she said like you need more fat on your thighs she's like that woman's kid is mine I guess the fact that I saw the back of the woman gave me a clue like oh we haven't really seen any like big person that looks like this yet any redneck big women but then I still had that idea of like oh they were hired so who could have who's the mastermind and they were hired so Are they hired or they just... Yeah, they're hired. Or they just find people and sell them to the bosses or whatever. They're, they're, I think they're hired to be kidnappers because... Yeah, but not like specifically like there's this kid. Oh, no. Yeah. I think they just kidnap kids. Just opportunities. They are hired kidnappers, yes. but they, not for specific And they targets. do a very smart thing of kidnapping kids from very far away from where they live. Yes. Yes, they do. Yeah. They live very far away. Um, yeah, I like the sequence in which she's trying to negotiate with a kidnapper about what to do, and he's just not responding. And you don't know if he's going to go after her. You don't know what's going to happen. He gets back in the car, and then, you know, it plays out unexpectedly, in which the second person, the woman, comes out, and she's just very frank with her. She goes, like, let me in your car, woman, or else the kid dies. We want ten grand. And I'm just like, okay... So if she, yeah, that brings up the question, like, if she's not lying, then that means they're really just in this for money. Does yeah. that mean that they're being paid to do this or they're just, I mean, it can, it does work with the child trafficking thing, but you do find out eventually mm. that, you know, it's a, it's a trick. Yeah, it's a trick. Trap. Or a tricky trap. So yeah, because later on she drives with the female kidnapper in the back of the van and they, they wait till she's in the tunnel, and the female kidnapper's like, you know what the best method of killing someone who's driving is? Choke them from behind. They won't make the van move. Hmm. But it, I felt like maybe they had done this situation before, because it seemed like they had set up this, like, okay, we're going to do it in the tunnel. Get rid of her in the tunnel. Because he had parked his car. Well, I mean, in this outside the tunnel area, and it seemed like this is like a little setup. Well, they have time here. They're in to the ne- car. Talk about it, yeah. Yeah. So clearly, it's like this has never happened. What do we do? It's like, all right, drive this way, and then when you're in the tunnel, I'll I'll deal with her so no one sees. 
classic. And then that, you know, bites her in the ass because he doesn't notice that she's been pushed out of the car. That's so funny when that, she gets pushed out of the car. I, that was like the one time that I laughed in this film. Like, that was great. When they push a big redneck lady out of the car? Well, actually, it was when she put on her shirt and like, you know, indicated the <laughs> That made me laugh. I'm like, oh, it worked. <laughs> Again. I really like that. You know what I love? Later on, the guy figures out it's not her because the van gets too close. But I just went, wouldn't it be great if we cut... Because we never cut into their car. We only see their car from her perspective. I, I went, wouldn't it be weird if we cut to his car and you just hear his phone ring? And he's like, hello. And she's like, bitch, dump me out of the van. It's her behind you. Because when... Like, just because Hallie doesn't have a phone doesn't mean they don't have phones. Yeah. But it's okay because... You know, maybe her phone was in the jacket that she left in the car. That's what I said to myself. That Hallie puts on. Mm. I actually didn't consider that, but yeah, evidently that must have been the case. Or she didn't have a phone, or maybe she dropped it while she was kidnapping the kid. I think it's in the jacket, or she doesn't have it because yeah, like I said, he he determines it's Hallie by her getting too close. Yeah, and seeing oh, it's a black woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not my woman. Yeah, it's not my blonde-haired, big, hillbilly wife. It's Halle Berry. One mm. of the most attractive women ever. So it's all like... Oh, it's my favourite actress. Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> <laughs> and wouldn't it be great if this movie was just a sequel to Grease 2? In which it's the exact same movie, but for no reason Michelle Pfeiffer's in it and there's musical numbers... I think this film I mean, would be appreciated if it was Grease it, 3. It'd be a distant sequel because it's like 50 years. 50 years? Yeah, I had that thought just now. Because 60s and this is the 2010s, I assume. Oh, you mean set, right? Not when the films were made. No, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, the yeah, settings. Yeah, they'll be very... Well, you know, but that'll be fine because, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer's is older now. You can age her up a little to make her look a lot older. Like, she's like 80. And she's... Well, if you add 50 years to a teenager, then you'll be 60s. 60s. Well, then that's fine. That's yeah. fine. So she can be like, it's me. I'm a cool rider kidnapping your kid, Hallie. And Hallie's like, no. How old, how old do you think this woman is? I don't know. She's just a funny looking woman, isn't she? Yeah. I'm guessing like maybe. 50s. Yeah, late 40s, 50s. She's yeah. a very interesting looking. She's exactly, like Hallie said, they're exactly the perfect. They're the perfect kidnappers. They they really are. They they look exactly what you want them to look like, you mm. know? If if they're not, you know, hired by the husband or something, they're randoms. You want them to look like this. Or if they're, like, undercover agents. It's like, yeah, you wouldn't think that we're agents. I would love it if they were FBI agents. <laughs> <laughs> but those are their real voices. Those are their real voices. Well, you know, well, they can come from the south. I'm FBI. FBI stands for Federal Bureau of Indicating that you should get off the road. No, it's Federal Bartek of India. <laughs> that's an old joke. Yeah, it is. Oh, wow. Wow, that's a real, that's a blast from the past. Yeah, that was some action film we did. I can't remember which one. Oh, so many. Yeah. It wasn't bringing down the house. I remember it was in a... I said that joke when they were in a warehouse of some sort. Boy next door. I can't remember. <laughs> so, this is the... I'm going to try and kill you, but again, Hallie knows how to drive and use this van. She pushes on the brake, it makes her propel forward, she tears off the jacket and bl like stops her vision and movement. She knows how to use a van, is what I'm saying. Hallie Berry knows how to use vans. Mm. 
And it's very impressive. I was so impressed. I wonder if there was any... I mean, it's an independent film, but training... Well, I think they just said, Hey, Hallie, you drive a van, right? And she's like, that's how I got here. And they're like, damn, Hallie. And then that was the movie. Coincidentally, in the script, we have the mother driving a like. No, actually, in the original, it was just a motorbike. But then they went, yeah, what? (laughs) Make it a van. Hallie, we really thought that you would have a motorbike. She's like, "Uh, not not now. I'm a mum now. (laughs) And then they realize, you know what? It was kind of dumb to have like a child seat on a motorbike. Minivan makes more sense. Yeah, on the front of the bike. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like how, like, the bicycles that have, like, the little basket at the yeah, front. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I've seen one of those recently where it's, like, a little bicycle at the front, the, the, the bicycle with a little thing at the front for the baby, but it has, like, this giant, like, plastic shield in front so the wind, to block the wind. Not like a windshield or something? A windshield well, for to, their baby on their bicycle. Yeah, for the wind and the locusts. Oh, those kids are always suffering from the locusts. Yeah. Uh, man, when I was a kid, I had so many locusts just up in my face when I was riding on a bicycle mm. in the front. I live in a suburb, so I didn't... What, locusts aren't in but the I'm... suburbs? Are you crazy? No, I'm being considerate because, it's like, you know, even though it's not in my experience, I know that some people have to deal with locusts, so now, I brought it up. Bartek, have you been kidnapped? Um, I've been a kid. I've napped, but I haven't been kidnapped. Have you what have you ever been in a dangerous situation when you were a child? Um it's okay to say yes, Ryan. Not too sure. I mean, I've I've been pushed off a playground and I broke my arm, but Who did that? Some kid. What was his name? Or her? I don't want to judge. That's a really good question cuz like when you're in I know that there How were How old in... were you? This was prep, so six. Six? Yeah. And the same age kid did it? Or were they younger or older? I think I was told that it was a same age kid. Okay. It's weird. Usually you remember everyone in your year level, but I do not know. And I never knew who did it, even though it's not like they ran away or anything. They, 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 in fact, stood on your arm while it was broken, saying, It is I! I have no like, idea who did. I remember a few years later, I asked someone, like, hey, do you know who pushed me? And they mentioned someone I'd never heard of before. Yeah, from different school. That, yeah. This was at my primary school. At school? school? Yeah, during school time. Maybe they transferred out. I have no idea. Because they broke your arm. It's, it's one of my life's biggest mysteries that I've never really thought about. Let's solve the mystery of Bartek's broken arm Let's in go. the episode Kidnap. Well, it's only been 19 years. Nothing, like, vanishes, right? No. Renovations don't change the scene, right? We can still find that kid. He's grown up now. He could be out there breaking people's arms, pushing them he off. He could of be things. a terrorist leader for all What I did know. he push you off of? Um, It was on the playground. You know the bars that you like, the poles that you like slide down? Yeah. It was one of those. And it wasn't too high, but I guess you you know, I was caught off guard. And you were littler, so. Yeah. And I was learning English, so that probably didn't help. He went, you like, you speak English, and you're like, no, and then he pushed you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My lack of English skills is what really hurt. You were like, ubi gooby kwanja, and then he pushed you. <laughs> it's like, speak English. Ubi gooby kwanja, and you're like, yeah. no. And I wouldn't have known what racism was then, so I could have just been like, what? I'm really bad. Of course, I don't know how to speak Polish, but I was thinking about one of the titles of the movies that you said way back when, and it sounded something like what I just Scooby-Doo said. Scooby-Doo 2, Potwory na Gigantze. 
No. I think it's... What was Big Fat Liars one? Uh, Duże Grube Kwanzuch. That's what I was trying to say just then. <laughs> Dubi, but I went Ubi Grube Kwanji. <laughs> well, that's impressive that you remember episode one. Well, you said it a lot. <laughs> uh, oh, no, the kid. Yeah, that's one of the things, too, in Kidnap is... The kid is in danger, and they can use that against her to make her stop. Yeah. Which, later on, that's when she starts ramming, like, oh, I see what you're gonna do. She does a lot of jazz hand acting in this movie. A lot of Mm. arm-extended hand shaking, going, stay there, or hide, or no. And, And for the people that are either not watching the film, or this is the first time they're watching... At this point, finally, is where she actually loses them. So consider when we started talking about the chase beginning to where we are now. Yeah, we're like 46 minutes in. Yeah, so I was wrong about an hour, but that's a very long sequence of... You know, it was multiple scenes, obviously, and multiple things happen. But that's how long the chase goes for. Exactly. It was really bold of them. Did she think that this kid was her kid? I think it started off like that, but as soon as she realised it wasn't, she's like... Okay, that's not my kid, but I have their attention, so let's... It's like she's really working on her instincts. She doesn't dwell on, like, oh, I made a mistake. I like the fact that, you know, this kid's just hanging out with some old white guy. With a mustache. Mm. (laughs) Is he his dad? It could be, like, a mixed race. A biracial? I mean, you know, I mean, why not? Yeah, why not? Could be. It's progressive. Yeah, progressive. This was filmed in 2014. That was. It was very progressive back then. Trump yeah. wasn't president yet, so yeah, he wasn't. It was Obama. It was so he of was Obama's second term. Yeah, and Obama's Obama. Isn't he biracial too? He is. There you go. His, his mum is very white. I think Halle Berry is as well. She looks it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she looks it. Light skinned. Yeah. Look at these eyes. She's looking, and we're looking too, Halle. So back to Bartek's broken arm. Yes. So a kid broke your arm. That was the most dangerous thing you got into as a kid, was someone else breaking your arm. Was that the only thing you broke, limb-wise, as a kid? Yeah. Only, which arm? Um, let's, let me think about it. I think it was my... Come on. I can't remember which one it was. I'm pretty sure I was able to write, so maybe it was my left arm. Man, that explains. But I feel like it might have been my. I I can't. Remember. I think actually, I think it was right, but my hand was fine. Your hand was fine. You broke the the femur. Yeah. Whatever. I'm not a doctor, so I'm an investigator of breaking of arms of six year old Bartek. That's why. So was it a was it was it a white kid? Was it a biracial kid? Was it that? Was it suspiciously enough an alien? They were like, you don't speak English. I a think green the kid? On- was it a green kid? The only thing I remember is um, it-, it was a school where they had like the whole sun smart system. So we had to wear hats during the <sighs> summer months. He had an older type of a school hat where it was a cap, but it also had like a flappy thing at the back. Oh, yeah, yeah. I usually associate those hats I, yeah. with the dumb kids. Those weren't go. those weren't really... Be- I don't think those were really being sold at, like, the school uniform shop. I think it might have oh been, like... Oh, my I think those were... Hand-me-down. Yeah, hand-me-down for maybe... Or you're bone. misremembering and he was 12 years old and he just pushed you. He was well, an older kid. Year six that really wanted to go down the pole. Yeah. This little prep kid was... You were just taking too long and he just wanted to go. I'm pretty sure we were all in a line. It's like, all right, your turn, your turn, my turn. I got pushed. I don't know. 
I like how you kind of are defending this guy. Like, I'm not defending like, him. Like, you're like, well, we're all in a line. We're just all waiting. And then he pushed me. It's just so nonchalant. If it was me, I'd still be like, that guy, that dickhead pushed me. You're very, like, you've accepted it happened. It's a very long time ago, and I don't know anything about it. I mean, like... I've never broken a bone in my body. I can't, so I, I, can't I, even... I can't attest to the amount of forgiveness one would have afterwards. It's because I don't know much... I don't know anything about them except they had a Did hat. your bone pierce through your skin? No. It's just broken. It wasn't like tearing my flesh or anything. I wish it did. I've never I I, I Ryan, were it. you the one that pushed me? It was me. That's why you didn't know who it was. And that's why we I had thought a it was strained just a relationship. The kid later moved to New South Wales. And he's and it's weird because he, he this he, racist kid got sent to the racist. It's town. weird because he 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 pushed me because I spoke Polish and he didn't know how. <laughs> Maybe that's somehow rippled into the show. But there was another kid in my class who spoke Polish, but he was better at English at that point. Was he also Polish? Yes. Twist. He was. Actually... I went to kindergarten with him. He was my friend. Wouldn't it be a twist? No, he was actually Portuguese. His name is Dominic Chuprinski. Oh, that's a great name. Mm. You would have learned something great. This is completely unrelated to the movie, but my fiance, uh, uh, she she was telling me about a guy at work that she works with whose name is Mario. Mm-hmm. And of course, when you hear Mario, you think oh, of... Oh, Mario Lopez, yeah. Yeah, you think of Mario Lopez. Or you go, ah, oh, it's a me, a Mario, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Bartek, his last name is De Silvia. De Silvia? Yeah. Okay. De Silvia. What nationality do you think Mario De Silvia is? I knew a guy whose last name was Da Silva, and he had some Portuguese in his background, so I'm going to guess Portuguese. No, Indian. (laughs) (laughs) I had a friend whose last name was D apostrophe Silva, and he was Indian. Oh, there you go. Maybe there's an apostrophe there. Yeah. But I did not expect a guy called Mario to be Indian, and I just have been... Thinking about that every day of my life. My now. my head went to the wrong De Silva that I went to school with. Yeah, maybe this is him, and he's grown up to be a teacher. No, that who's guy's like a no. 30, that guy's name like, was Chris. Maybe it's his dad. No, his dad's name was something a lot more Mario. White, a lot more white. Denzel, I think. <laughs> Denzel. I said white, but then you think Denzel Washington. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot more white, Denzel. <laughs> and then I said Denzel, and I'm like, oh, wait. But when you think of Denzel, you think of a certain black actor, so I guess I'm wrong about that. I like how you say Denzel, and I say Denzel. I think it's Denzel, isn't it? Well, this guy was Denzel. Denzel? What's the difference? What's Pro- the spelling difference? I don't know. I think they're spelt the same, but just different. Denzel. Yeah. Not Denzi? I don't know what his nickname is. <laughs> Denzel. That's the most white name you could think of. It's right up there with Tobias. So, classic Bartek. Setting up something there. Now, this is a great scene here. In which they set up the reason for why she keeps going after she's gone to the police station. Which is, she sees the posters of missing children. And it's like, shit, they waited too and nothing ever happened. I was really after this. I thought the police were in on it. For some reason, I thought when she was on the phone to them and later in the movie, and it, it felt like, why are they here yet? I thought, are they in on it? Like, look at this. I thought with yeah. her, like, she's just very nonchalant, like, eh, it's like, I, did she really phone anyone? I didn't, but her th- whole thing about they waited made me think, like, does she think that? Yeah. 
I don't know. Yeah, uh, I thought confusing. she meant when she said they waited was like they waited and nothing happened either. So I'm not going to do that. I think maybe because I wasn't watching it with subtitles, I didn't hear exactly what she said. It's like they waited. And I'm like, they what? Is she, is she paranoid? She, I love this old-fashioned, like, soda shop guy who's just, like, sweeping, and he just gives this real kind of Zach Braff expression. Just like, if eh. If that guy had dialogue, I wish it was, like, very, like, 50s-sounding dialogue. Yeah. And he's, like, flipping a coin while he's talking to her. <laughs> a dime. <laughs> well, golly, pretty miss. What do you want? <laughs> That's exactly what he would say. <laughs> Golly, miss. <laughs> Golly, <laughs> miss. You're my favorite actress from X-Men. Well, yeah, but if he was really from the 50s, he wouldn't allow her in the soda shop at the same time as white people. Golly, miss. You're my favorite mystery... Whatever George McFly watched in Back to the Future. Well, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know what you... I can't remember. The reason, the reason why Marty got uh, his dad to, like, you know, work with him is because he pretended to be, I think it was Dark Vader from the planet Vulcan, because he uh, heard that his dad liked some sci-fi show. Classic. Uh, I wanted to say Mystery Science Theater, but that but doesn't sound right. That's not right. That's a different show altogether. Yeah. That's a show... Yeah, that's a different show, Bartek. Um, they wish they were good as as good as us, those Mystery Science Theater 3000 boys. Oh, what do you guys do? You watch the film and you make jokes while things happen? Why don't you discuss them? Yeah, why don't you talk about the brilliance of this car hitting into this van, and we see he's got sunglasses now. Hmm? Mm. Hmm? I like sunglasses. Mm. Baby on board is a sticker that she has on her car, and it's quite... Interesting, because when I think baby on board, I think of The Simpsons. Mm. You know, uh, what? What? Hold on, the car just went from forty to sixty. That whoa, that's pretty impressive. No, well, they're miles per hour, not kilometers. Oh, is that uh, okay? That's even faster. So you... it's even faster. Yeah. Oh, it was miles per hour. Cool. I I, I, I didn't look hard enough at the I gauge. Didn't, I didn't look either, but I just made an assumption. I just hope I'm right. You could be wrong. Yes, but I could be right. You might be right. They are American. They they don't they don't appreciate the metric system. Mm. <laughs> so part of the metric system. Is no, it? no. Well, it, kilometers has meter yes, in it. Yes, that's true. So, yeah. That's true. Hey, America, why are you so against it? You know, isn't it like pretty much everyone else in the world uses it except for America, basically? Uh, because freedom. Because freedom means nothing to me unless I'm free. Uh, it's okay, guys. The woman only hurt her knee. See, she's fine. Some might have said, Ryan, that shot clearly showed her, her head smacking on the ground. But no, it's, it's her knee. But she's then, fine. But then as the camera like panned up, she died off frame. That would be brilliant. And then the cop wakes up and it's like, we traded lives. <laughs> the cop. Yeah, 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 the cop. For some reason, it's the cop at the station. <laughs> Not the cop so she on got the two bike. Li- so she got two lives. <laughs> That's why she looks so great. She's like, now I have more time to wait. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, taught her, you taught me a lesson there, Bartek, which was, that is what she would be saying. I taught you a lesson, but it's not the mean kind. So, Bartek, having not seen the movie and having a different perception of what the movie was going to be for a little bit, what, what? Your subtitles translated the sign into German. Why not? Well, I mean, for the German was it clearly. was it German or did it just say Volvo, which is no? German. It was like Gestult something something. Gestunk no. And it was and it wasn't like the in, the sub. It was like card encoded into the film. Maybe she was saying that. 
I can't remember. Maybe she was like, that was German. Yeah, it was like in Bewitched where there were German <laughs> subtitles for, oh no, German text on billboards and stuff. Yeah, Bewitched. What a classic movie that raises. Guestless episode. What I was going to say, but I will ask in a moment because something important has come up, which is gas, man. She's running out of gas. Oh, I thought you were going to tie it to Bewitched. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, whoa, don't tie it into Nazis, gas. Um, they love it. So, um... <laughs> it's also an old joke. That's an oldie, but a goodie. It was Germans, they love gas. Mm-hmm. Um, no, she runs out of gas, which is great because, you know, this is a movie in which a car is being used. She could overheat it, she could break down, but they go with the she runs out of gas approach. Yeah, and, and since this is still all the same day, that means that she must have been running a bit low from the beginning, I guess. Mm-hmm. I just thought of that now. I yeah. Guess, yeah, and since he's swapped cars, he also doesn't have to worry about the gas problem because yeah, he swapped he, cars. He potentially got a you know a little boost. A boosty. Yeah. So what I was gonna say about it was having not seen or heard of the movie, and you did mention that you had a slightly different expectations of how things were going to play out and eventually you figured out it was going to be by this point i knew or something, a, a, yeah. a pure car chase what were you expecting to happen from from here like what what was your idea of the conclusion to this well at this point we did learn that the the petrol the gas was running out but it's also the same point where she starts getting a bit more aggressive so it give you it gave me this whole sense of like are ah, you you're you're, it's a bit too late to be, you know, kind of doing this. Or you, if you've been doing this the whole time, maybe something better would have happened. Well, I think she is only aggressive because the petrol is running out. Yeah. I think she's like, last last thing I can do. Yeah. It's I, I was... the thing that she would preferably, she would prefer not to do. But I think mm. it's like, shit, this is what I have to do. Yeah. And at that point, I was talking just then, she hadn't rammed into him yet. So I was really confused as to why he was swerving. It's like, she's not trying to overtake you. What are you doing? Ah, yeah, but he is trying to stop her. I understand why he's doing that, because it's just throwing her off her ability uh, to come at him. I do love that we do get the fuck you from her moment, where she's like, fuck you, and rams into it. It's just so satisfying in movies like this when a character gets to have that. But what was your idea of where things were going to go from, from you know, at the end? Of, what was your idea of the, how the movie was going to conclude? Continue from the car not no longer moving. Yeah. And just a conclusion in general. Well, jumping ahead a minute or two, she gets into the car that, like, she passed a few minutes ago. Yeah. Um. So, obviously, that gave me this idea of, like, okay, well, now she's kind of got a buddy and he's got a phone. Yep. But then I got a very big surprise... Not as big as their surprise. It was a huge surprise for me. I yeah. clapped when it happened. I just I clapped because of the sheer surprise factor and audacity. I, I'm sure that when I was watching it, I might have given an out loud, oh shit. I, I legit was like, yeah, yeah, clapping. I was just clapping like this was unexpected in a good way. Because, mm. yeah, but uh, because... We, you're going to see it on screen in a moment. For those not watching, it is basically um, she gets an ally, an old man driving, and, uh, and while they're like introducing, well, not introducing, but while they're establishing, like, all right, you need to drive this way. Yeah, I've got a phone, but this is a dead end, a dead end. It's like a conversation is happening, and we're going to learn something. 
So we're expecting this to... Okay, this is just a conversation sequence. No. No. The, the car comes back, and this makes sense, oddly enough, because earlier in the film, we talked about it. They set up the fact that these this guy isn't afraid of ramming back in a dirty way with the policeman. We didn't expect that. This is the same where he comes back and just headfirst plows into them. I thought that was brilliant. I guess watching it again now, the whole idea of dead end, it's like, but wait, what's he doing? Why would he be continuing going that way? Could that mean that he's coming back? Exactly. But I, but I guess it happened so quickly that you didn't really have time to consider that. You didn't like, have I only just thought of that now, literally now. Well, it's that he also, his house is there. Yeah, maybe. But it is, because she does the GPS, it's two miles that direction. So okay, he yeah. went to his house, got the sh- gun, dropped the kid off, and came back, because the kid's not in the car. Maybe this film's unappreciated because the people that watched it didn't, you know, put that all together. Like, well, what did the dead end mean? I never learned. I never got a clue. Is yeah. death there? Well, Why yeah. is it ending? It is for someone. Yeah, old man. Oh, well, two people, actually. Yeah, old man. Well, I mean, people, one's a dog, but yeah. One's a dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, yes. I'm saying the woman and the dog. Yeah, I saw... Yeah. The dog's fine. No, it gets shot. Does it? Yeah. I didn't notice that. I noticed... To be fair, I think a YouTube comment was the same as you. They didn't notice it. When... I was too busy on the... in Later on in the movie, Halle Berry does a trick against the redneck woman who's on a, a, a pier, I guess. Yeah, she trips the woman... And as she's falling, the gun fires, and you hear the dog yell. Oh, I oh I didn't notice. I didn't connect that. Okay, mm. fair enough. Because yeah. a part of me was like, that dog's gonna fuck him up when they get out of the water. Mm. Oh, well, what I was saying earlier, like uh, this film, I did feel like a bloodlust in the sense of like I'm okay with you killing. When the dog was running up to them here, I was just thinking to myself, I wish she had the knife on her so she could just stab it and get rid of it. Wow, you were like that. Yeah, I was just like, this. Look, she's got enough to deal with. Just kill the fucker. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. Usually I'm the one that would say that, and you'd be like, Ryan. <laughs> no, this film really made me think, like, you know what? You've been through shit. These people are Kill the irredeemable. Dog. This dog's w- with them. You know, with just... them? You know what I thought was going to happen? I thought this would be a great little comedy moment where the dog runs at her, and she just kind of... Um, I had two thoughts. She does the Matrix bend backwards and it just jumps over her into the water (laughs) i thought this one was good she lets the dog jump at like run and propel at her and 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 while it's jumping at her she grabs the dog while it's in motion and throws it behind her into the water and i thought that would have been great yes but the twist is it never enters the water no no, it does not. It, I didn't know... It dies on the earth it stood this on. This was such a satisfying little sequence of action. Uh, to bring in video games again, this shot right here... Yeah. It looked like he was clipping into the car, like a video game where uh, he would go through yeah, a wall. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, what the fuck am I... This is a live action film. What am I looking at? But then you figure But then I realised like, it's a sliding door. and Which he had already used. Yeah, and from that angle, it just looks like it's closed. I'm like, what's this glitch in, the Li- movie. in a live-action film without, you know... Special effects heavy. Without, without really any CGI. Well, maybe there's something, but... Yeah. yeah. Well, minor special effects, I would imagine. But yeah. 
that was such a satisfying little action sequence there where she's fighting using the seats and the belts and the door and he's failing being able to shoot her. And she she fights both the kidnappers in the car. And I, yes, and I do like That's the fact that they do the, the good thing of letting the, letting the audience know, but not too overtly, that she doesn't have any shells in the gun mm. because he loads the shell only one shell in before he gets in because he's like I'm out of shells but then he finds one he loads one in and he shoots it whilst fighting her so when she grabs it and she goes to the house it wouldn't have served her any purpose because it's empty yeah and they didn't make that an overt thing it's like she opens and goes all right and then kind of tries to look and then doesn't find it she goes knife instead yeah, but unfortunately, it does lead to her forgetting about it and pretty much giving it to the bad the guy, yeah, who does have bullets. And the only thing that gets killed by it is the dog. Terence Vicky. His last name is also a woman's first name. Mm. There you go. Vicky is a nickname for Victoria. Or Victor. Don't want to judge. Maybe there's a guy out there called Vicky. Uh, I do love the fact that if there was ever a time for a movie to be an advertisement for a van, this is the movie, yeah. but it isn't. It made me think of The Last Stand, which that had a really prominent car. It's a, like Arnold Schwarzenegger film from a few years ago. The one ago. where he's a police sheriff? Yeah. I know of it. We should do it on the show. Yeah, I saw it with Reese in the cinema. Wasn't it the one where it was his return? Yeah. <sighs> That's why you saw it? I th- yeah, I think so. It was alright, but the uh, the car that the villain drove was like very prominent. It was very obvious that that car was being like advertised. They could have done this for this film. But they didn't. It didn't seem show-offy. I don't even mm. know what kind of car it is. I think it's just, like, this is a great van. And I love this. I, I wrote it down my notes. I love she gives it a little pat, like, you did good. Look yeah, at this. That, you did good. It gives you an idea of, like, this is the iconic car of the film. And now she has to part with it. Because usually in movies like this, even like a Mad Max or, or something, at one point the car does give out and they have to separate from it and be like, oh, you did good, but now it's, it's like up in, to me. It's kind of like in Blues Brothers, yeah. You've served your purpose and the car really breaks down. It explodes, yeah. <laughs> no, no Wait, it falls the, apart, yeah, you know, like apart. a cartoon. A very funny falling apart. Yeah. Funny falling apart. Like, they, like a little moment of silence even though they're in a hurry. Yeah, exactly. It just falls apart like crazy. Is, is this the woods that we saw right after the baby montage? Uh, yes. It looks like that shot, but in reverse. Yeah, at, at night. night. Yeah. It's it's foreshadowing from yeah. early in the movie because it's like this is where the action is going to take place yeah. later. I did I did find that shot memorable, even though it didn't really serve anything because we cut to a diner. Well, then it's it's a foreshadowing shot. Yeah, but but I remembered it, so you know that's so it stuck good. out. I don't know what the film did, but it did it well. Foreshadowing. I remember at this point I had to pause the film to, to do something in another room. I noticed there was like half an hour left. I'm like, what? Let's see what happens in the last third of the film. Now, I am just going to jump ahead. That's this, fine. This movie has an ending that I call the Boy Next Door ending, in which, um, spoiler for the Boy Next Door as well, in which she subdues all the bad guys through murder and then police come. End movie. <laughs> no fire, though. No fire. Apart from the firing of a gun on a dog, but yeah. Yes. Um, f- apart from her being fired from the diner. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> You're fired. You murdered people. And she's like, oh boy. Yeah, but News said I'm a hero. News did say she was a hero, which also 
what I did write notes for this, and when the news ended, I had to cross out a certain note, yeah. which was a funny. I was being funny for myself, which yeah, was obviously. after she brutally because spoiler alert, she brutally and slowly drowns the female kidnapper in front of her kid. I wrote in my notes, oh, she gets full custody, right? <laughs> well, you know. And then at the end of the movie, it's like she's the biggest hero ever. I went, I crossed that out because I went, the movie, the movie is indicating that she would get custody, not maybe full, but she would. Your, get- your home, your your home isn't as nice as your ex husband's. You don't earn as much money, but you do have the title of hero. You did murder three people, so. But yeah, but you weren't the one that murdered the dog. I guess she didn't kill a dog, and that's good. But it did deserve to die. Hmm. <laughs> Ryan. Like, I just imagine that, like, there's an alternative universe version of this podcast called The Good Timeline. Uh, which Need I remind you that I am evil. Evil bars. Boss bars. Like, like, but this is my good time. I'm not you working. You would be the one being like, Ryan. Evil boss friend, sorry. Although you are a cat man. You I like am. cats way more than dogs, so it's not really that unexpected that you want the dog to die. If it was an evil oh, well, cat, well, I don't hate dogs. Yeah, but it's not unexpected. I, I didn't in meant... comparison to if it was a cat in a movie. I mean, I was f- I'm fine with seeing animals die in films. I'm not one of those people. that's like, oh no, it died. I'm so sad. Uh, tell that to tell that to Bartek in the episode Sleepwalkers. Mm. You did not like cats getting hurt in that one. Yeah, in retrospect, I don't care. <laughs> I didn't really mention it, but in the when we did the two hundred and one and hundred and two Dalmatian films, I, despite being a cat person, I really loved the dogs there. Yeah, they're dead now, so that's um, fine. That's fine. I wear them. That's life, <laughs> Ryan. That's life. Sometimes you die of old age. Sometimes you die because you fucked with the wrong. You mom. know, that's one of in the room. That's one of Greg Sestero's favorite lines. Is that's life when um the underwear guy is telling the underwear story and he just <laughs> he just puts his hand on his shoulder and goes, "That's life." <laughs> like, what does that mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. Me underwears. That's life. Me underwears. That's life. Yeah, she grabbed me underwears. That's life. Uh, that and uh, I think he said randomly. This is an aside. I just watched an interview with Greg Sestero talking about what his favorite quote was. Yeah. And he said, like, one that he thinks is really undervalued was, um, oh, I, I'm just trying to remember because it was like one where it's like listing eight of his favorite ones. Yeah. Uh, he didn't have, oh, hi, Mark. He had, <coughs> what a story, Mark, as one of his favorites. I like but, that one. Uh, he was talking about, like, oh, one of the ones that he thought was undervalued was the psychologist friend being like, people are people. That's <laughs> <laughs> great fucking advice, you idiot. To be fair, that is an undervalued character, I reckon. Yeah, he, he thought, like, the whole underwear scene of that, well, well, that's life, is very undervalued. But I can't, now I'm forgetting what his most favorite one was, but it was one of those ones where it's like, Oh yeah, that's a that's an interesting one. Where it's just like, uh, you know, one of these weird Tommy Wiseau lines. I can't remember, but um, she's got a shotgun now, and she's trying to load it, but then she forgets about. Like how you said she has a shotgun now in the part where she puts it away. In the part where she, <laughs> when I said she was loading it, so now yeah, she yeah. she doesn't have a shotgun now. Bye. I love her. Yeah, she opens the door, and the dog's just like, I'm ready. <laughs> we do learn later on that she was looking through the cupboard there. That is where the bullets were, so if she looked a bit harder, she would have Yeah, but them. there was a dog there, but and you know how scary dogs are. 
Mm. You know, you can't drop them like you can cats. Dogs are scary. 100 and Wild Dalmatians scared me. Dude, we did a whole month that was terrifying. I know, and you weren't there for part of it. I was so scared. I know, that's why I was scared. You were scared because you did it by yourself? Yeah, I was scared because I had a replacement host. You didn't know (laughs) my Well, that's what I'm talking about, big boy. (laughs) Damn it, Gene. For those of you that listened to last week's episode, I showed Ryan the Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel video I mentioned at the end, and Ryan thought it was better than how I described it. It was. Even (laughs) shared it on our Twitter page. Because the line, that's what I'm talking about, (laughs) big boy. We're not talking about that, Gene. That's what I'm talking about, big boy. (laughs) Before we started this episode, I did consult RogerEbert.com and their thoughts on the movie. Yep. And they liked it. It's good. Which is weird, because I don't think the real Roger Ebert, when he was alive, would have liked this movie. Considering um, he didn't like Baby's Day Out, and he didn't like Flipper, and he didn't like all of these great underappreciated masterpieces. I can see him not hating this as much as Baby's Day Out, because you don't really see the kid like being in danger. He's just with dangerous people. I, I guess when he's like being dangled out of the car. I rewatched some of their reviews because hearing them from you is always interesting. But I'm like, I want to hear them from their own mouth. And I love in the Flipper review. I don't think we mentioned this yet, uh, the episode, yeah. but Gene Siskel gives the movie bad rating because they did teach kids about the beauty of dolphins. Like, I want. Why can't they write a movie in which they teach kids about how beautiful dolphins are? And then he just went. I know this because I recently went on a holiday. <laughs> okay, look, Gene Siskel, naughty, but i that's cute. That's not the funnier part. Yeah. He goes, without any without any pretense, like, he just says out of nowhere, like, Roger's like, well, that's great, Gene, like, talking about how he got to swim with dolphins and, and pat them and play with them. <laughs> he goes, well, that's great, Gene, and he just goes, they have pure, silky power. <laughs> well, that's what he's talking about, big boy. <laughs> Pure silky power. What a weird describing term for dolphins. Just weird. But do you know what this movie isn't? Weird. It's straightforward. I think this is probably one of the most straightforward movies we've done. This doesn't... Some people might say, well, you know, straightforward. There's no twists. There's no turns. It's just very straightforward. And you know what? That's good. Because sometimes we need that. Like, this... I'm not saying that this is as good as Mad Max Fury Road because it's mm. better. Yeah. But think about Mad Max Fury Road. Bartek, have you seen Mad Max Fury Road? Saw that in Poland, yeah. In the cinema? Yep. Now, you remember, I think most people would remember, how huge that movie was when it came out. How how big of a reception it received. That's the only reason I saw it because I heard it was good. And I think one of the tricks that that movie had on its side was the sheer straightforwardness of it. People are so used to twists and turns and cinematic world building and and how's this going to play out. But like Mad Max, like Kidnap, very straightforward. All Mad Max movies have been very straightforward except for Thunderdome probably. That's probably the most kind of weird one. Yeah, but uh, I like Thunderdome. But uh, I like all the Mad Max movies. But yeah, this is like Mad Max where Fury where it's just straightforward. It's just her on one mission. Yep. There's no real twists, there's no real turns, it's just very straightforward, but it's so exhilarating. Like, when she murders people in this, oh, the bloodlust. Oh, that bloodlust was just so strong. Yeah, it's because they wait a long time. Like, yeah, just almost like 
40 minutes were left in the film and the first death happened. And it was so good. Yeah. Oh, I'm just getting just getting bloodlust right now thinking about I'm thinking about how she drowns a woman. It was so weird and I went, "Oh, cuz I said this before, she kills three people in this movie." And you're like, "Wait, right, aren't there two kidnappers?" Well, no, dum dum. There's a middleman. There's a third guy who who's in the movie that comes at the very end. The guy she whacks with a shovel. She whacks with a weird shovel that is shaped in a way to really fuck someone up. Did you notice that with the shovel? If you actually look I... at the spade of the shovel, it's like curved and like sharpened so it cuts. I do remember it looking unusual. I didn't really pay attention how though. Have a pay attention during I will, the I will. sequence here. It's gonna be used in a little while or it's yeah. been gra- it will be grabbed, but uh there was a moment here in the movie in which I don't know if again you you must have internally where I threw my arms up in the air when no when she puts the knife down when she puts the knife down yeah, in this sequence here yeah. I went no but you know what this movie this movie does not fuck you over with this because you you know you go oh she's gonna come in and get her no. No, they just go, Halle Berry just grabs a shovel, and, and you know, I I like that it didn't do that fucking horror movie, you know, thriller twist thing in which she puts down the weapon, and then that's when she gets attacked, conveniently. Yeah. I, I appreciated that so much. There isn't, yeah, there apart from, like, the jump scare car ramming thing, um, there isn't really any, like, surprises, or surprise show-ups. Like, you, they hear footsteps... They hear car driving, they hear car pulling up. Like, when she was in the house and, she, and sorry, the kidnapper was driving away, mm. there was never a point where, like, oh, she's pretending. But no, she actually leaves, but then she comes back and she notices when she comes back. Yeah, I, I, I also really thought, like, when Halle Berry was on the phone, I thought, oh, the kidnapper's pretending that she's going away to get Halle because she's listening on the other end. Of the fo- on the phone because you know you hear Hallie on the phone and you hear the beep beep beep. Yeah, beep. that's right. That was a thing. Yeah. And uh, see, the shovel's weirdly shaped. It's it's she's using it, but like it's a weird sharpened shovel. I don't know what's going on. I'm not a shovel expert. Maybe the soil is really thick. In yeah, this maybe they use it to cut off people's heads, children's. Uh, well, zombies. Yeah. Uh, zombies. You don't know what happens out here. Zombies. Uh, yeah, but I, you know, I, I like the fact that they didn't do, she was actually listening on the other end of the phone and realized Hallie was in the house. No, they didn't, you know, they don't do cheap tricks. Like, like there are surprises, like the, it's mainly them crashing into a policeman or crashing into Hallie, but those are really nice surprises and they're not cheap. At, at least the policeman one, yeah, was set up like, oh, they were pulling over to the side. It's like, what are they, what are they doing? And it's like, oh, that's what they're doing. Exactly. And then with the dead end one, it's kind of building up because like dead end. Wait, then where are they going? Yeah, oh shit, it, they're coming back. It's just very fast paced. So you might miss the miss, foreshadowing. Thing. Miss it. It's, yeah. it's brilliant. So we're leading up to the sequence in which Bartek wants a dog to be murdered, and I agree, Bartek. You and I, same page. I like dog deaths. I'm not squeamish. You know there's a side in which it's like, does the dog die or whatever? Yeah, I think Luke mentioned it in one of the episodes he's been on. Yeah, (laughs) Scooby-Doo. Scrappy, well, no, Scrappy doesn't die, I guess. No dog dies in Scooby-Doo. Yeah, but it's just this whole thing of like, all right, there's only one kidnapper left to deal with. But then it's like, oh, and she has this extra sensory being with her. So it's like, oh, that's, you know, it's going to detect you. So it's like, all right, that's another problem you have to deal with. 
But they t- they they don't have to deal with it because uh, hillbilly woman deals with it. And it's clearly not a friendly dog, so you know. No. It's not like they can negotiate with it. No, no, no. Imagine. It would be great though if they tried to negotiate. Will with Will you dog. leave me alone for a Scooby snack? No. You don't have to scrote for this job. I still love the fact that in the first Scooby Doo movie that Scrappy uses the word scrote. Mm. Brave filmmaking. From the writer James Gunn. So the dog's near its position where it dies, but not yet. Okay, I need to watch this. You don't really see it, and I guess with the sound muted, you might not hear it. Yeah, maybe it's a sound kind of thing, but I just didn't connect that the dog had died. Yeah, when the the woman trips, the gun fires and it's aiming at the dog. Okay, interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, I understand now. Like, it didn't show it, but I understand it. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I did not know how this movie was going to end, to be honest. I didn't know. I went, okay, I guess she's... Once the first one died, I went, oh, I guess she's going to murder them. And then a third person comes along, and then I was like, whoa, I don't know what's happening. Mm. Is this really the neighbor guy? Um, you know, I, I assumed on a level it probably wasn't actually who he said he was going to be, but it was kind of like quick thinking on her part, where she's like, two mm. kids? I didn't say whether they were girls. And I'm, like, I'm sitting there going, I didn't notice that. Man, yeah. if it was me, I'd be dead. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wasn't expecting there to be like a oh last second introduction and then thirty seconds later twist. Well, they did kind of hint at him because he was the guy on the phone. Yeah, but like, I guess does he live next door? I mean, he was nearby. He heard the gunshots. Unless like she drove away, picked him up, and he stayed in the car during this whole part. And he was just like watching it happen in the car, and he was just like, oh well. Ah, oh, the dog's dead. I do like the visual storytelling aspect of the hillbilly woman figured out had seen the body of the husband because when she's come back to the house, she's crying. Yeah. Yeah. She's got Mm. tears in her eyes. So she's figured out that the husband had died. She probably drove out there and found the wreckage and shit and was like, fuck, she killed my husband. And now she had to go into the woods a bit and... Yeah. yeah, but only a little bit, because it didn't go that far. And with the way it was reversed, you would tell that something went through there, through the mm. foliage being disturbed, so and the skid marks and all of that. So, you know. Well, that's a subtle touch I definitely didn't notice. The film has subtle touches that Bartek didn't notice, but I did, but maybe... And the thing had... that you noticed was a little bit of a redeeming factor, I guess? Not a redeeming, but just interesting factor of yeah. humanity there. Like, she, she loved that guy. Not, but it's, you know, it's something interesting. And you notice things or have picked up on things like the dog dying that I just thought was lazy filmmaking. I thought at first, I thought, oh, I guess they just didn't want to deal with that problem. But then you pointed out, no, they dealt with that yeah, problem, but gets, in a different he, way. He gets picked off just like Bane in that Batman film. Better. <laughs> better. Everything's better than Bane dying in that Batman movie. If you like The Dark Knight Rises, that's fine. But if you think the death of Bane, fuck you if you think that's a spoiler. If you think the death of Bane in that movie is good, which just, the way it's which done... Which, just to remind you, he does die. He does die. <laughs> the way it's done in that movie is well done and good. If it is... Get out of this podcast if now. You think I'm, it, I'm not happy with you. If you think it is well done and good, then that means you at least notice he dies. And are you happy? Look... I don't know how this is going to come across, but are you really a person that's happy with the fact that it's been a Bane versus Batman show and then Catwoman kills him? Bane, that is. Like, I, I wasn't. 
And it wasn't the fact that it was just her. It was just done. Uh, don't get me started. I could do a whole podcast episode alone on the fact that, that, that the ending of The Dark Knight Rises is just so dumb beyond belief. You know what I just... From that point on. Yeah. A woman in this film gets hit by a pretty big car. Yeah, but her knees are And she seems to be fine. Yeah. Didn't Bane get hit by a motorbike and that's what got him? No, he got shot. I thought he got ran into by a motorbike. No, no. She rams her motorbike in and her motorbike is like the Batman motorbike thing with the guns on the end. And I think she just shoots him. And then he's gone. And I'm like, great. Brilliant. Yeah, I didn't really connect that. Okay, this guy's going to be a third. I mean, I did on a level, but, you know, it was an interesting little third act pl- wrench, you know, into the thing. Like, they threw a uh, wrench into Yeah, it. in his dialogue, he mentions... T- yeah, he mentioned twice that he knows there are two of them, and he just said, come on, girls. Yeah. Okay, so he did mention twice, like, come on, you two, come on, both of you. Yeah, exactly. I never told you they were girls. And he'd be like, well, they're clearly girls. Yeah, I can. I, I could see someone like talking their way out of it, but I guess he didn't think. Yeah, well, he he didn't think he had a gun. You know, guns are the thinkers of America. Put that on the Statue of Liberty. Hmm. Guns I, are the thinkers of America. I can't remember if it was the IMDb trivia or something on TV trials, but I think somewhere mentioned. Re- referred to this guy as the mastermind behind the trafficking. I wouldn't be surprised if he he's a middleman at least, because that's the one on the phone. And she's like, "You're just a middleman. Mm. You get your kids when we get a hundred grand." That was what she said. I did like the fact that this movie did not just overtly tell us everything. It was just like there's a story going on in the background, and hey. Isn't it neat that she broke up an international child kidnapping ring? Or at the very least brought attention to it. Well, no, they, they, she yeah. broke it up. They said the exact words. Just three people? That was enough? Yeah. Right. They say it in the, in the dialogue. They saved all those missing kids. They're like, he, there was one found in London, Dubai, New York. Oh, I thought they were just saying that that's where the children were sent to. Yeah, and that's where they found them. Okay, well, they were found. I no, that. I yeah. thought it was like, no, they, they, they saved the kids that were previously kidnapped and they had been sent to those okay, places. Okay, I thought, I thought they were just listing like where the, where these... where the clients were and things oh, like that. Oh, right. No, I think it's like if you if you yeah, look we... at here, it's like, you know, they are, they find out the international ring and disband it and because of her civilian pers- pursuit of them. And it's like... That gives an extra level to why they would say she is such a hero because it is not just the fact that yeah oh the, the break of uh, yeah and arrests have been made arrests oh okay arrests have been made okay that's good that's conclusive then yeah so you know she is a hero and she deserves mm. to be a mum yeah and I great I, movie yeah and you mentioned it but I completely didn't assume that the third guy was actually killed but it did say in the, the dialogue there that yes yeah, three well she she hit him in the head I just thought he was passed out okay fair enough. But they didn't say dog. Well, he wasn't really a member of the ring. He was just a. It wasn't he. Well, not officially. Wasn't he? Was he in like? Do you the know? Documents? Do you know? Do you know if he was getting paid or not? He I might mean, have. He got paid with Scooby Snacks. Well, he clearly, clearly wasn't because the news report didn't mention it. Oh, you're right. And the news didn't, didn't they didn't say four. You're right. Unless <laughs> unless the guy actually did only pass out, and they were counting the dog as the third person. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> 
I love the end credits in which it's just random photos of her and the kid hanging out. But then you have this song that's just like so empowering. It's just like yeah, it feels like a Rihanna song or something. Yeah, yeah, it's just like I am a woman, and I kill kidnappers. Yeah, the pictures I found were really interesting because like they feel real. They weren't like flat images. Like they're they're like different layers of an image, and they're like moving. It's not like zooming in on a still image. Yeah, it's beautiful. It kind of. This film reminded me of a lot of other films we've done on the show, but in a good way. It had an unforgettable quality. It had a Nine Lives quality. It had... Things uh, that made you think. Yeah. Well, all of the films really do, but this Every one, yeah. film. So, Bartek, the movie has ended. Mm. The credits are rolling. I think it's time for us to give our reviews and rating of the movie. Yeah. I'll, I'll just say, I, I, at one point I thought that these were like super slow motion, but then I realized, oh, well, but the camera's kind of moving and that's normal motion so I, there you go. You so got... it couldn't be like short and oh did you think they weren't images but it was just them standing well, be- because still like moving? because they're clearly on a different layer so it's like are they moving it's like an <laughs> illusion that they're moving in incredibly slow motion get the fuck out of like are house. they are they are they slowly chewing in this shot like what's going on oh okay wow you really delved into well the this. Ultimate... i just looked at it and went oh i get the effects <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just, I wasn't expecting it. I would love it if they were doing, like, the police squad ending in which they're standing very still and it's made to look like just, like, a photo, but they're actually just standing incredibly still. So, Bartek, I would love to hear from you first with the review and rating. Hmm. Hit us. Well, yes, because I haven't done enough talking this episode. You'd love to hear from me. So this is okay, that was enough of that. So... Well. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's hear the review and rating from the kid that broke Bartek's arm, Reese. Imagine if it was your good friend Reese who did it all along. Uh, that was... The plottiest of twists. It was like 11 years before I met him. <laughs> well, that would be the bigger plot twist. He went to primary school with our other recurring hosts, uh, guests, uh, <sighs> Stefan Bradley and Nathan Malloy. They all broke your arm. But then all three went to different high schools. And then they all broke your arm. And then two of them went to the same second high school. And it was a reunion. So hit us, Martek, with a review and a rating. I get my shovel. Ah, my brain! Stunt family dad? Apparently that's a character. Oh, go on. Stunt family dad? It's very different to family guy, I guess. (laughs) Stunt family dad. I'm really stuck on that now. Yeah, think about that for the rest of the episode. Stunt Family Dad was apparently a a character in the movie. Was there a family of stunt people? No. Were there stunt people at, like, the fair? No. Okay. (laughs) That was a pretty big cast list, considering the movie has few main characters. Stunt Family Dad. Yes, my favourite. If this was Mystery Box, he'd be the fourth person at the end. Okay, go on. This was a really good movie that, for me, because I hadn't heard of it, just came out of nowhere. Happens a lot on this show, but this one, I feel like for a lot of people it would come out of nowhere. Because mm. I remember when I was looking through the YouTube comments, and even just looking up the film on IMDb and on Google, the poster being an independent film didn't have a great, well, didn't have an expansive one. It was just a image of Halle Berry, her name and the title of the film in it. Yeah. Doesn't really tell you what the film is. I I guess if you had the extra information like, oh, this is a tough mum action film or thriller film, you know, that'll that'll give you some idea. Almost sounds like a 
a joke you'd hear in like a comedy film like mm. here's an action movie but the main character is a mum who's been wronged it's like oh what kind of gags are you gonna add to that trey parker but no it's, it's a <laughs> this is a re- i like how you said trey parker but i thought seth mcfarlane <laughs> well i mean i think that would be below trey those idea. are two comparable shows even though south park has established they don't really like family guy have they now <laughs> They have. I heard, I've listened to the other commentary. Um, yeah, so this is a film where, if you put it that way, it does kind of sound like a comedy premise. But no, this, like Ryan has said twice this episode, it's played straight. Played very genuinely. Very empathetically. Mm. Halle Berry is an actress who I've, I know perfectly well what she looks like, what she's been in. But then I realize I haven't seen her in too much. And the few things I have seen her in, I don't really remember her parts in it that well. But now I've seen a film where, for most of it, she is the only thing in the frames. Yeah. This is a film that shows you, as she has stated in an interview, an average woman, nothing too special about her, just a waitress with a you know child that she has uh, dual custody of, being pushed by a conflict and having to resolve it on her instincts and her love alone, the mama bear kind of character. I think that this is a brilliant film. I think that all these parish sheriff officers should be proud to be thanked by this film. Good job, guys. I I mean, the film kind of showed that you're not very good at finding kids, but whatever. A lot of YouTube comments were saying, like, oh, typical police, never doing their job, blah, blah, blah. Very anti-police comments for some reason. Fuck the police. Uh, um, more German. Um, I was going to mention something. Oh, yeah, I was just going to make a joke about Stunt Family Dad because I'm still stuck on that. Um, but good on everyone who was in this film, minor parts or one of the three major parts. Four major parts. Sorry, I forgot about the kid for some reason. Don't forget that kid. He was very good in this film too. Brilliant. Like he was, he... I remember way back, to tie back to Dog Month, when I did the Old Dogs episode and the kids in that, they were a bit less developed than kids in other films that we'd done on the show at that point. I was saying like, they're more plot elements than they are characters. Mm. And in this film, you could say the same thing. The kid was very much a kid, And for a lot of people, they might find that annoying, but I felt it was incredibly genuine. You know, he was, like, laughing at an obvious, like, cartoon about vegetable-loving superheroes. Like, oh... I love superheroes. Not really a thing that an adult would appreciate, but it's like, oh, yeah, I get it. Kids can like that kind of stuff. I feel like he did a great job. He felt like a real kid, probably because he was a real kid. (laughs) Um, And, again, played very straight. Excellent. Playing straight does not have to be a bad thing. Hear that? That's not a sexuality comment, by the way. You could take it that way if you want. Well, I did say playing. It's not being. But So, Bartek, what would you rate this? Yeah, yeah. Rating, I would give this film... Um, I really don't have an idea, I'll, but I'll think of one. I give this film a... Big red minivan... Out of a car dealership of no minivans. That's more than 100%. <laughs> you were stretching there, weren't you? I really had no idea. So, okay. 
Well, if I can think I, of a, I know what my rating is going to be. If I can think of a better one before the end of this episode, I'll give it. I know what I'm go- my one's going to be since you didn't use it. Uh, I thought you were going to use it. But okay. So, Movie Kidnap 2017. That was last year, people. We've had a whole year to redeem our mistake of not seeing this and making this one of the highest grossing movies of last year or of any year. But it's now available on Netflix and I imagine other uh, services, iTunes, you know, your local video rental store. Heck, might be on Laserdisc. Buy a copy of this movie, watch this movie, enjoy this movie, and tell your friends about it. Because Halle Berry, Halle Berry is a very... I like bellies. You do good. <laughs> um, I'm going to say berries, but you know, fine. <laughs> you like bellies? You like berries in Halle your belly? Berry, one of the top berries. She is such a tasty berry. She's right up there with Daryl. Debbie Derryberry. <laughs> Daryl Strawberry. That's the voice actress for Jimmy Neutron. Excellent. So this movie is perfect. I've already given you a whole podcast of what I thought about it. And I, and I was there too. And you were there too. If I had to give this film a rating, I would give it a stunt family dad out of a stunt family mum that was also credited. So, Bartek, you have comments from... YouTube, is yes, that correct? Yes. And a review from IMDb? Yes, yes. Well, let's hear from those. Yes. Because people may have some different opinions or something else to say that we didn't notice. Like you said, a YouTube comment was like me and didn't really notice the dog being mm. taken care of. And Yes, and know, my retconned rating is one dead dog out of fuck that dog in particular. <laughs> okay. There we go. Thank you. <clears throat> so for anyone making a compilation of like, all the facts of every episode and like what was the ratings of this episode a cool out of yes that you put the re- put the retcon rating for this one for our <laughs> database people yeah yeah uh redux <laughs> for the spit and polish wiki i'd love it if we had a wiki let's make one and we're just like we have our own tv tropes one is like yeah bartek <laughs> doesn't like cats being dropped ryan is pro cat dropping and and there will I be think we were making TV tropes jokes last episode. Last episode. <laughs> and then it's like, it is known that Ryan does not like Metal Gear Solid 2, but has he expressed it enough? Oh, Question like mark? acceptable targets or something. Like, yeah. Ryan does not like Raiden. Yeah, exactly. Does anyone? <laughs> Question mark. All right. So I've got... S- not including responses, I've got six comments. The first one is going to be the one I focus on the longest because I have a lot of responses for that one. Hit me. (coughs) The initial comment is, Let me tell you guys I just saw this movie and Halle Berry is such a badass and the movie was very well directed. Very good movie. Hope she gets an Oscar nod. She's already won an Oscar. It would be great if she won another for this, but she didn't. So like I said, there are a few responses to this. This person in particular, he had, like, a username called Kube Dog or something. Um, so Kube here says, Ha 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 ha, I wonder how many people don't realise you're being sarcastic. Awesome comment. <laughs> and then a different person responds, This movie was actually pretty good, Kube. You probably, you're probably one of those kids that thought, and then for some reason they put Triple X Return of Xander Cage was good. That was good. And then Kube responds, Hallie is a terrible fucking actress. She makes dumb faces and reads script at a lifeless youth theatre level. 
And this movie has been done a hundred times with higher budgets. Come on, man. Don't defend this shit. How dare you? And then the initial commenter responds, I don't know. There is something about this film. She made it really convincing. She isn't an Oscar winner for nothing. Sorry that you have a different opinion, though. He, he, he told them. He really thought that she was being sarcastic, but then, surprise. Exactly. That's, they got nailed there by the original commenter. So, what's next? The next comment is, My God, I have never seen a mother driving a minivan this crazy. Well, maybe my mother. Teary laugh emoji. It's true. Their mum is crazy in the minivan. It's weird because it's Halle Berry's son. And, <laughs> um, it's really unique. That's a good twist. Uh, the next comment is, The people around the mother were useless. My anxiety. And then a skull emoji. And then a skull and crossbones emoji. So I guess their anxiety killed them. It's either that or they're a big fan of skulls. <laughs> <laughs> Two different skull emojis, yeah. That or they're a big fan of skulls and pirates. Yep. You see, guys, your parents care about you more than anything else in the world. They protect you, and sometimes mums can be annoying with overprotective, but they are not being overprotective. They're wanting to make sure no stranger kidnaps you. Like what happened to the kid in the movie? Halle Berry, you're awesome. Thank you. And that I'm, was great. I've got two. Well, I've got two more comments, and I quite like them. Good. This next comment's funny. It has, like, a grammatical mistake at the beginning, but that's not the reason why I like it. Let's see. In all caps, I would I jumped on top of the car and ripped that car to pieces. <laughs> yeah, they would. That was Vin Diesel who wrote that, I imagine. <laughs> Maybe the Hulk. the Hulk. It was in all caps. Well, Vin Diesel. Fair enough. Not, well, not we, Mark Ruffalo? No, he's not in this. Uh, uh, he was he's too not, soft to low. He was too soft to low. Right. Uh, and the final comment, and <laughs> it has a response. Great, uh, great. I'm ready. The initial comment is... <laughs> oh, Bartek, he can't contain himself. It's not even that crazy. It's just really genuine. Okay, hit me with your genuine comment. <laughs> they should stop kidnapping. Like, if you agree. Two thumbs up emojis, if you agree. Did someone agree? Response. I disagree. I think they should carry on kidnapping. Like, if you agree, thumbs up emoji. If you agree, thumbs up emoji. No, he... <laughs> no I, I, I think the, I already know the answer, but did you count how many likes either comment got and which one got more I likes? I really should have. Dang it. I can, we can look it up later, I guess. I'll post on the Twitter. Well, I'm afraid that's the end of the show for this episode, but it has been an amazing time talking about such a fantastic film. If you want to be amazing, fantastic, wonderful, superfluously great listening people, feel free to give us a review and rating on iTunes. We are on many platforms, Podbean, iTunes as mentioned, Stitcher, YouTube, on many, many things, Google Play. So check us out. Until next time, though, remember to be kind to each other.